Come on, let's hold our Bible. Let's hold them up real high. Good evening. Good evening. Amen. Let's declare it out loud. I am spirit and not flesh. Therefore, today, I shall dominate, be victorious, and increase in every area. My family shall be protected. My children shall be saved. My marriage shall prosper. And my finances shall increase. Today, I shall walk in my true identity, my spirit and not my flesh. I shall control my tongue and my mind, regardless of how I feel. The word of God coming out of my mouth is just as powerful as the word of God coming out of his mouth. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I refuse to let anybody or anything pull me down this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right. Very quickly, very quickly. I want to uh, I want you to turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 10. Amen. Romans chapter 10. Amen. Holy Spirit, we thank you for this opportunity. We bless your name, Jesus, and we lift you up. Teach us your word concerning the new covenant. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Walk will you do me a favor. You, you, you'll grab me a bottle of water out of that back back room. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Again, good evening. Good evening. God evening. The only thing better than a good evening is a God evening. Amen. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Now, I'm, I'm going to pay attention to what I want to talk about today. I'm still on this subject of understanding the new covenant. But I want to talk about new covenant possessions. I want to start off with that. I want to start off discussing that new covenant possessions. I want to start off talking about what we have in this covenant. Because what we have in this covenant is not the same thing that we had in the old covenant. We don't have that same thing. In the old covenant, we were in covenant with God based on our performance, but we had a sin nature. In that covenant, we had we had uh, 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 darkness ruling our minds. In that covenant, we lacked. We didn't have the nature of God, the power of God, the life. Thank you so much. The life of God. We didn't have that. But now in this covenant, we do have these things. And that's what I want to talk about. New covenant possessions. So I want you to write that down. This is part 12 to this series of understanding the new covenant. Now we need to know what we have in the covenant. So let me start off with just a simple statement that says that as the body of Christ, we must understand that this covenant is not a general release of words, but it's specifically speaking of you and to you personally. This covenant is not a general release of word. God is not just throwing out there and said, all right, anybody that want to get in on this and get in on this. But no, this is generally this is specifically speaking of you and to you in this covenant. If it was a contract agreement, this is what it would look like. Your name will be listed as the recipient of the benefits of this covenant. For instance, if it was an insurance claim or something like that, you would be the beneficiary. Amen. Amen. So it's specific. Somebody say it's specific. It's specific. It's specific. So when I read scripture, I have to read it as if God is talking directly to me. God is talking about me and he's talking to me. I am the recipient of the benefits of this covenant. It is a new covenant. Say that new covenant for new creatures. Amen. That's the reason why he had to make a new creature. This covenant is specifically for the, for those that are in Christ that have been reborn New creatures with a new covenant. So let me show you how the covenant works. There are two different ends of that covenant. On God's end of the covenant, let me show you on his end of the covenant, this is what he would have to do. He'd have to give you an inheritance and then remove everything that would stop you from receiving it. This is on God's end of the covenant, Josh. On his end of the covenant, 
He would have to give you an inheritance and then get everything out of everything that is in the way that's hindering you from receiving. He'd have to get all that out of the way. Your end of the covenant here's your responsibility on your end. You have to believe it. Remember what his end is. His end is he would have to give you an inheritance and then remove everything that would stop you from receiving that inheritance. And on your end, you would have to believe, number one, that he gave it. Number two, that everything that stops you from receiving is removed. If you can believe it on your end, you'll find out that it's already done on his end. Amen. Amen. Can you see that? If you can believe it on your end, you'll find out that it's already done on his end. Point blank. That God is not looking to do when you start believing. He's already done. Your believing begins to ratify the covenant. We're going to talk about that in a moment. What it means to ratify the covenant. So, somebody say, I got to believe it. Romans chapter 10, watch what it says. Now, remember what God's, what God's responsibility is in the covenant. He'd have to give you an inheritance, right? The second thing he would have to do, he would have to remove everything that will stop you from receiving it. He'd have to get it all out of the way. Look what he says in Romans chapter 10, verse 4. Look what it says. Read it out loud with me and read. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes it. When I start believing, watch what happens. When I start believing, then Christ becomes the end of everything that was in the way of me receiving. He terminated it all. He gets rid of it all. Now, that only applies to the people that will believe it. For the people that won't believe it, the law is still in the way. Even though he did away with the law, even though he terminated the law, the law is still in the way in their lives because they won't believe. You got it? Remember your responsibility. Believe it. His responsibility is to give you the inheritance and then to remove everything that would be in the way. Turn to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Verse 13. Hey, Ms. Deborah. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. Verse 13. You got to say, I got it. Watch what it says in verse 13. And you, being dead in your sins and in the circumcision of your flesh, have he quickened together with him, having forgiven all, forgiven you all trespasses. So God forgave some of your trespasses. It's according to what ones you already did. So he forgave the ones I've done, the ones I will do. He's already forgiven it. He's got, look at what he's doing. He's getting everything out of the way that will stop you from receiving. He first gives you the inheritance. Then he gets everything out of the way that will stop, that will get in the way of you receiving. Watch what it says in verse 14. Blotting out. Somebody say blotting out. Blotting out, blotting out the handwriting, handwriting of ordinances that was against us which was contrary or working against us. These things were stopping us from receiving from God. It wasn't just what I did. It was the rules God had in place. So remember what his responsibility is in the covenant to give you an inheritance and then remove everything that will stop you from receiving. Your responsibility is simple. Believe it. So watch what it says which was contrary to us and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Now, watch what he did. When he nailed Jesus to the cross, 
When he nailed Jesus to the cross, he took it out of the way. Uh, I like the surprise right there, but amen. He took it out of the way. He removed it. When, when Jesus was nailed to the cross, everything that was in the way of you and God, he removed it. Somebody say it's removed. It's removed. Now, this is what you got to do. Your responsibility is simple. What's your one responsibility? Then you got to believe that it's gone. You have to believe that everything that will stop you from receiving from God is already gone. Come on, say it with me. Say there's nothing in the way now. There's nothing left to do but receive. So you got to believe that. that this is the covenant right here. This is the covenant. God's covenant is to give you an inheritance. Then God's responsibility, give Josh an inheritance and then get rid of everything that will stop Josh from getting it. See, some, most, most church folk got a bad view of God. Yeah. They got this view of God that God got them jumping through loopholes and God wants you to do this and do that. It's kind of like a, a basic training obstacle course when you're dealing with believing God with, with some church folk. Amen. That you got to crawl under this barbed wire, go through this water, climb over this wall, do all these things just to get from God. God removed everything. He cleared everything out of the way. This is what he said. Watch what he said in verse 13. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us which was contrary to us. It wasn't working in our favor. It was stopping us from receiving from God. It was stopping us from getting the healing. It was stopping us from walking in provision. It was stopping us from having the peace. It was stopping us from experiencing the joy. It was stopping us from receiving from God. So guess what God did? He took it out of the way, nailed it to the cross. When he nailed Jesus to the cross, when Jesus was nailed to the cross, everything else that was in the way of you receiving got nailed with him. And what's your one, one responsibility in this covenant? Believe it. Now, you got to believe every time the enemy try to come in your mind to make you think that you can't get because of this and you hadn't done this yet. And you hadn't done that. You got to believe this thing right here that we're talking about tonight. You got to say, devil, you are a lie. Everything that would get in the way of me receiving from God has been removed. It is mine now. I believe that he gave it and I believe that he removed everything that is in the way of me receiving. Amen. 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 So this is what I want to tell you. There's nothing left to do but to receive. If I seek to live in the old covenant using those methods, then what I do, I place myself in a covenant with myself by myself. If I decide, I'm not going to grab the rope, but if God untied me with the yellow rope and tied me with a red rope, well, the blood of Jesus did a work and by faith I'm now in covenant with God, not by my performance. If I decide to untie myself from that red rope and start going off of the methods of the old covenant, I'm going to find out that I'm the only one tied to the rope. Because God is no longer in that covenant. So if you go back to using those methods, then you're going to have to depend on you. Your strength, your wisdom, your provision, your mindset, your connection, your resources. You're going to have to depend on it because God is not in that covenant. What covenant is he in? The new covenant. We just read the scripture in Romans 10 and 4 that to them that believe Christ is the end of the law. Christ is the end of it. So when Jesus died and rose from the dead, God stepped out of that covenant, stepped into the new one. And he says, I want to tie myself to you in this covenant. I want to bind myself to you in this covenant. 
So if you go back to that covenant, you're going to find out that you're on your own over there. you over there with God. Over there. I mean, you got to work it out on your own. You ever been in those situations where things get tight in your household and you got finances that are due and you try to do it on your own? You try to you try to you try to work some of those old covenant methods and come up with your own plan and your own. And you don't just trust him. You don't just have faith. You don't just believe. Uh, but but you try to you try to come up with your own plan and your own agenda and all this other stuff. And then you end up making the situation worse. It is because he's not in that covenant. He's in the new one. Somebody say amen. 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 That was good to me. Amen. Glory to God. Tim, I don't know how you do it. I know one thing. This, I mean, you sweat when you, when you cut it all off. Number one, I want you to write down point number one. Point number one. The new covenant is ratified by faith. The ratification of the new covenant is by faith. It is ratified by faith. Hallelujah. Read that point back to me and it reads. This is what I mean. That the new covenant must be acknowledged and accessed by faith. You don't get to acknowledge or access it on your own. You got to do it by faith. It has to be by faith. That's why in the old covenant, you will read scriptures that will say stuff like this, Josh. That if you will hearken to do, to, to uh, hearken to observe and, and the, the, the commands of God and the voice of God and diligently do all that he has set before you, then God would do some things. He would set you on high. He would make you the head and not the tail. He would bless thee. Blessings will overtake you. But only after you do some stuff. You got to do some stuff for God to do some stuff. And that was the old covenant. But that's why we find a lot of scriptures in the new covenant or in the new what we call the epistles, the, the epistles, the writings. A Paul on back, amen, the book of Acts on back, we find out that God says stuff like this, by faith. You are justified by faith. You have been made righteous, righteous by faith. You are saved by faith. You are saved by grace through faith. You, are, you have this by faith. Everything is by faith because the new covenant is ratified by faith. I have to operate, I can only access, I can only acknowledge this covenant by faith. I don't have physical proof that this is this is transpired. My life don't always look like I'm justified. It does not always look like I'm righteous. But God said that I am, and by faith I just gotta believe it. Amen. It's a it's a simple but complicated charge. On his end, he has to give us the inheritance and then get everything out of the way. Our job it would seem simple, but it's so simple that it's complicated. I just got to believe that it's all gone. He said, okay, I'll tell you what. Two things I did. I gave you a new nature. You have a new nature. Somebody say, I have. That's, that's the possession of the new nature. This is new covenant possessions we're talking about. You have the new nature. Come on, say it, say it with me. I have it. I have it. Now, you just got to believe it. You just got to believe it. That's, that, that, that's all you got to do. It's not your job to get it. It's not your job to come up with it. It's your job to believe it. It's his job to give you the inheritance. And then it's his job to remove to remove everything that will stop you from having the nature. It's your job to believe it. I, got, I just got to believe I have this nature. Somebody say, I have it. I have it. Anything other than faith, anything other than me believing God. Anything other than me walking in the word of God would put me in the message of the old covenant. Tied to a rope that God is no longer tied to. 
And no wonder I begin to faint under pressure and faint in situations and circumstances and I'm worn out or anything like that. Do you see what I'm saying? No wonder, no wonder I can't handle the situations that are coming my way because I'm the only one in that rope. But if I would get tied to the rope of the new covenant and believe God and trust God, I would find God performing everything that God promised me because everything that would stop me from receiving has been removed. Amen. Amen. So write down this definition for ratify. I like this definition for ratify. Watch what it means. Here we go. Ratify. First definition to set in motion. The new covenant is set in motion by faith. It's my job to believe. Set in motion. Come on, say it with me. Say it. Set in motion. It is set in motion when I believe God. My fear, my unbelief can paralyze the process. Doesn't mean that God didn't give. It just means it can't transition into manifestation because I won't believe. So I set something in motion when I believe. You know what the enemy would like to do, Dr. King? He would like to make you think that nothing is happening when you start believing. Ain't nothing changing. You still feel the same way. Somebody say I'm setting something in motion. He would like to make you think that ain't nothing happening. Your bank account still don't look better. You still in debt. I'm setting something in motion. I'm setting something in motion. And if he can control my faith and get me to believe that it's not working, then I stop believing and now I've paralyzed the process of manifestation. I am a possessor. Now, I got to understand this here, that I'm not believing with this two fairy type of faith of saying, all right, one day I'm going to get it. You know, that type of faith where it says that one day in God's time and he's going to do it soon and very soon type of mindset right there. No, we're not talking about that kind of faith. We're talking about, I believe, number one, God gave it. Amen. Number two, everything that will stop me from receiving has been removed. I believe that. So now my faith has to have that type of confidence, Josh. I have to walk with that type of confidence that I am a possessor of what I'm believing for. It's not like I'm waiting on God to give me anything. See, that's what my faith has been needing adjustment at right there. I, I, it's, been, it's been wrong. I, it needs tweaking uh, because I, I've been believing that, 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 that God is going to do it in his time and when God get ready. No, I have to believe this here. That when God, when God freely gave Jesus Christ and he offered up him, how much more will he not also freely give us all things? That's what the words say, right? Then I got to believe that. I have to believe that I'm a possessor in this covenant and I got new possession. I don't have depression in this covenant. I had it in that covenant. Amen. Amen. I don't have a disease. I know what your body is saying. I know what the doctor's report is saying, but I'm a possessor of something else in this covenant. Heal it. Health is mine in this covenant. God gave it and he removed everything that would stop me from receiving it. See, I got, you see the challenge of believing that now? I have to believe it with everything. I don't have poverty in this covenant. I don't have lack in this covenant. In this covenant, I have abundance. Amen. Now, I got to believe that. I have to believe that. See, it's a covenant of faith. It's ratified. How is it ratified? By faith. When I believe that, I set something in motion. 
Who Josh is good? I don't I don't have a sin nature in this covenant. I have the very nature and life of Christ living in me. When I believe that, I set something in motion. Do y'all see it now? Come on, so that word ratify, the first thing it means, it means. The second thing it means, an act and an agreement to that particular act. So to ratify, for instance, uh, uh, the uh, Constitution of the United States of America, they had to get together and they had to go, get into a room and they had to argue over it and find out and get into an agreement. They, they had to come together and say, all right, this is what we're going to write. And then they all had to get an agreement about what was written. The same thing is true with your life, that to ratify means to set in motion, but it also means an act. Let's talk about that first. In other words, God did something. Jesus was not just a humble lamb dying on a cross. He was an intentional, on purpose, deliberately, a deliberate sacrifice to bring us out of one covenant into the other. Somebody say that was an act. Now, the next part, first thing, it's an act. In that act, sickness died. In that act, sin died. In that act, death died. No longer have dominion over you. No longer have power over you. In that act, the old man that you were died. The scripture said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. In that act, he died. All that died. In that act. Now, the next part of this is now there has to be an agreement to that particular act. It just can't be an agreement. It got to be an agreement about what happened. In other words, in your faith, you have to get to the place where you say, I agree with you, God, that when Jesus died on the cross, the sickness died with it. I no longer have that. I'm now possessor of something new in this covenant. It is mine. I possess it. <laughs> Glory to God. What if, what, if, what, if, what, if, what if you had a bill due, Josh? You had a, you, you, you had a mortgage due. And your house is at the point of being repossessed. And here I am. I'm in covenant with you. And, and I, I, I put, I put $300,000 in your bank account. I went and did it in a pocket. And just put $300,000 in your bank account. And here it is. Your house is about to be repossessed. Because you never look at your bank statement. Y'all with me? Your car about to be repossessed because you never go look at your bank statement. That's the same thing that happens, that's happening with most believers. Or oh, when you read the bank statement, you always read it as if you're reading somebody. This must be somebody else's bank statement right here. You never just pay attention to your name at the top of it. Your account number at the top of it. See, we have individual accounts. I just want to give you a picture of what it looks like. We have individual accounts in this covenant. We don't have a corporate account. Individual account. God deposited to you personally. The body of Christ is a corporate body made of individual parts. And God made sure that he deposited in everybody's account what was in Christ. So if you will let your house get repossessed because you won't read your bank statement, it's similar to most believers that allow the enemy to just beat up on them and run in and out of their life because they won't read their bank statement called the, the Bible. And when I read the scripture, I have to read it from the new. I can't afford to just say what God said. I have to get to the point where I start saying what God says in this covenant. 
See, in the old covenant, he said some stuff, but it don't apply to me that way in this covenant. Remember, he's not in that rope no more. Amen. So let's go a little bit further. Let's go a little bit further. The new covenant set in motion to manifest when we believe. When we believe, we are agreeing with God, with what God has already done. Somebody say it's done. So write down this second point. This will be my closing point. I got a few scriptures to go with it. Amen. Let me go backwards. The second point. Write it down. The new covenant has brought us to a place of possession. I'm not just in this covenant. I got something. I possess it. I don't pray prayers like this. Said. I don't pray prayers. Lord, grant me the power. I don't ask for something he already gave. Say, Lord, grant me the power to be able to, to, to heal the sick. Lord, you said in your word that I have the power and I thank you for it now. I don't say, God, give, give me, Lord, give me. I said, God, you said in your word that you have supplied all my needs. You know what I do, Josh? I'm just talking faith right now. I treat it like it's already happened. See, I got to believe that part. Remember, God, I'm back to my, my, my original opening statement. It's simple. God's responsibility is to give you an inheritance and then to remove everything out of the way that will stop you from receiving it. Your responsibility is simple. Believe it. So I don't, I don't, I don't let my, my words sound like I don't have something that God has already given. I have it. So my prayer sounds something like this. Father, I thank you for healing. Now I tell my body, line up in the name of Jesus. You have given it to me. I had to use it last night. Father, I thank you for healing. My body started acting up. I said, Father, I thank you for healing. I was in the living room typing at 3 o'clock this morning on a book, and I, 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 had, to, I had to make my body line up. My body didn't want to line up. My body was resisting. I thank you for healing, Lord God. Something you gave me is mine. Now, I got to believe that you already gave it, and I got to believe there's nothing in the way of me receiving it. That means that, mean that I have it. I'm a possessor. Come on, say it with me. I'm a possessor. I have it. I have it. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't ask for peace. <laughs> no, I don't ask for peace. You're right, I'm a peacemaker. I make peace everywhere I go. I don't ask for peace. You know why I don't ask for it, Josh? He told me in the scripture. He said, this is the fruit of the spirit. Well, I have the spirit. This is the offspring of being with the spirit. Amen. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, faith. Me, I have all of that. Somebody say, I have it. I have it. I'm a possessor. So I don't ask for peace. I said, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I make a decision to walk in the peace you gave me. Now, Lord, I don't feel like it. I don't want to. But I'm going to make a decision to do See, that's how you got to do You got you to believe it. You got to believe that he already gave it. Yes. Say it with me one more time. I'm a possessor. I'm a possessor. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. Yes. Man, it's good. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. If the enemy can make us lose sight of this possession thing, we'll miss it. He'll have us like a hamster or a gerbil on a, on a wheel. Chasing after something. <laughs> you know, if that gerbil get off that wheel, it's still ain't going nowhere. It's in a cage. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. You're running forever, get nowhere. That's what the enemy wants us to do. Just chase nothing. 
Vanity is what Solomon called it in scripture. Vanity. Stuff that's worthless. Paul called it the beggarly elements of the world. Amen. Watch this. You ready? Ephesians chapter 2. We'll go to verse 12. Verse 12. That at that time you were without Christ. Somebody say without Christ. Okay. Being aliens or foreign from the commonwealth of Israel. You're separated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise. Do you see that? In that old covenant, I had so much stuff in the way for me receiving that I was a stranger to the covenant of promise. Watch this. Having no hope and without God in the world. Verse 13. Watch what it says. But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were afar off are made nigh or brought close. How? Now listen, let me tell you what just happened. This is what just happened. In the old covenant, everything was at a distance. You couldn't reach none of it. Everything was way off. Your healing, way over there. Deliverance, way over there. Provision, way over there. The power to live upright, way over there. You couldn't get to none of it. It was so far off. This scripture just told me that in this covenant, everything that was way over there, I have now been brought nigh by the blood of Jesus. I got to believe it. I have to believe it. I have to believe that the blood of Jesus has brought me to a place of being a possessor. That now I have possession in this covenant. When I didn't have, I, w- I had distance in that covenant. I now have possession in this covenant. I don't ask God to grant me the power to do stuff because I don't need permission to use the power. I got possession. You don't need permission when you got possession. Amen. Amen. He gave me that ability. He said, behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy to tread upon serpents and scorpions. And nothing by nothing by any way will any way harm you. Amen. I have this. Look at this scripture very quickly. First John chapter five. I'll get ready to close out. Glory to God. Come on, say it with me. I'm a possess. First John chapter five. Now you got to go the rest of this week saying it. You got to go the rest of this week believing it. You got to have this mindset right here that I'm a possessor. My thoughts, my speech and my actions are going to reflect it. I'm going to act like I have it because that's what faith is. I don't want to be doing all that faking. You let the world tell you that it's faking when it's faithful. Somebody say I have it. So I got to act like it. Am I right, Ms. Devil? How would you act if you all, if, if what you, if what you were believing for manifested, how would you act? Then act like that now. How would you act if the business got off the ground? And how would you act if the bank account, if the bills were paid? And how would you act if the body did line up with healing? And how would you act if all of that happened? Then that's how you should start acting now. Act like that right now. See, that's faith right there. Remember faith, it is set in motion. It is ratified. There's an act and then there has to be an agreement to that act. The problem has been God has done his part with the act. We haven't been agreeing. How would you, what would you, what would you be, what would you be saying? How would your speech be? If what you were believing for had manifested. Then I need you to talk like that now. (laughs) Glory to God. That's good right there. Amen. How would you think? 
If what you were believing for manifests it, then I need you to think like that now. I'm just trying to tell you that you're possessing this covenant. You got new covenant possession. Amen. I didn't have in that covenant. I do have in this covenant. Now I have to act like it. I gotta walk. I can't walk around like I, I don't have and I, I'm so broke I can't pay attention and I, I, the doctor said that this. No, I gotta walk around like I have what Jesus said he gave me. I gotta walk around like I have what God said that is mine. I gotta walk around and act like that, think like that, and speak like that. Now it's not gonna be automatic. I gotta make myself act like this. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ooh, Doc, this is good. Amen. I have to make myself act like this. I got to make myself. You're in an apartment that you make yourself act like it's a house. Amen. You want a promotion or a raise or you want to increase? Amen. Then what would you, how would you act if you showed up and more money was starting to show up in your bank account? I need you to start acting like that now. I need you to start acting. I'm talking about I need you to put on you, you I'm talking about you'll dress yourself a little bit different. You'll you'll get you'll get you'll get yourself taken care of. You'll take care of yourself a little bit different. I mean, I need you, you know, sometimes things get hard on us and we stop taking care of ourselves like we should. We start looking like how the bank account looks. Hey Amen. Start going through something in life and then you start looking like you're going through something. How would you look? <laughs> Hallelujah. If you, if what you were believing for manifested, then I need you to dress yourself up and look like that now. First John chapter five. That's why I told you to turn. Verse twelve. Watch what it says in verse twelve. Read it out loud and it reads: He that had the son. Let's read it again. He that has the son. So you mean to tell me that if I get Jesus, I get life as well. Somebody say, I got it. Okay. See, that's a possession. That's a possession scripture right there. I, I need to know that when I see some believers think this, that I can have Jesus and not have the rest of the stuff. <laughs> this scripture just told me that you can't do that. You can't have Jesus and don't get the life. All of that stuff you believe in for is a part of the life. Amen. Watch this. He that has the son has life. And he that do not have the son, he don't have life. The only way I'm not a possessor is if I don't have Jesus. And I know I got Jesus. Somebody say amen. Watch this in verse 13. Read it with me and it reads. These things have I written unto you that do what? That believe on the name of the son of God. Now listen, he's talking to believers in this scripture. He is specifically talking to believers. Somebody say he's talking to me. He's talking to me. Now watch what he says, Josh. He says, now, he says, I wrote these things unto you that, I wrote these things unto you, Josh, because you believe on the name of the Son of God. That you might know that you have. Now watch what he said in verse 12. If you have the Son, then you got life. You're possessed. Then he said in verse 13, he said this here. You believe on the name of the Son of God, but you don't know what you have yet. So I wrote a Bible to you to reveal to you that you have possession. I wrote it to you that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. Well, I thought you said I already believe on the name of the Son of God. Yeah, you do. But you only believe for heaven. 
I need you to know that you got some stuff right now on earth. Amen. Come on, let's look at another scripture. John chapter six. Tim, you want to come give me some salt? John chapter six. Play some music for me. I notice I just say on the radio, give me some salt. I mean, on a, on a record. I need to let everybody on the record know that he's talking about playing music. He's not bringing me no peppermints and no gum or nothing. Playing music. Hallelujah. John chapter 6, verse 47. You got it? Watch what it says. Read it with me. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, Notice what happened. Now, in the Old Testament, it said this. If you believe on Jesus, if see that believing brought you into possession, this believing, he that believeth on me has something. Somebody say, I got it. I got it. I got it. It's point blank. I got it. Whatever I'm believing God for, I need to start acting like I got it because I have it. Remember what his responsibility is. His responsibility is to give me an inheritance and then remove everything out of the way that will stop me from receiving it. My responsibility is to believe. He that believeth on me had everlasting life. Our last scripture, John chapter 20. Are you getting this, Josh? Verse 31. We'll start at verse 29. Hallelujah. Verse 29. Watch what it says. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. And I'm not here to celebrate that. But blessed are they that have not seen, that don't use their senses, that don't use their eyes, that their senses do not confirm it. But yet they believe anyway. That's what I want you to get to that place. God is saying, Jesus said, I need you to get to the place where you believe and you hadn't seen it. You believe and you don't feel it. You believe and you hadn't heard it. You believe and your senses have not confirmed it. But God, I believe you. And watch what he says after that. Verse 30. And many other signs truly did Jesus in his presence, in the presence of his disciples, which were not written in this book. Verse 31. But these are written. Why? That you might believe that Jesus is the Christ. The Son of God. And that believing, read the next part, and that believing you might have. Listen to what he said. He said, Thomas, he said, you believe because you saw it, but I'm trying to get you to the place where you believe even if you don't see it. You believe that it's true. You ratify the covenant by your faith. You believe it. Say, I believe it. I don't have any signs of it or any symptoms of it. And I don't believe, but I believe right now in the name of Jesus. God, you gave me the inheritance. Then you remove everything out of the way. And now by my faith, I walk in it. It's mine. I receive it. I, I, I take possession of it now. And watch what happens. When I do that, Miss Devil, I find out that he said in his word that I wrote some stuff to you just to let you know what you have. Because I need you to know that it's already yours. It's already yours. Come on, give God a hand to praise. Amen. I'll stop right there. Amen. Say it with me. Say, I am a new creature. Come on, say it loud. I am a new creature in a new covenant. 
And I declare now, I'm a possessor of the inheritance of God. I have it in mine now. I don't have to ask for it, beg for it, cry for it. I now, by faith, believe that he gave it. It is mine. And now I walk in it. I'll act like it. I'll talk like it. I'll think like it. Because it's real. It's true. It's mine. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. First lady, if you would, stop that for me. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Man, that was good to me. That was good to me. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That was good to you all. 